What's up out there, crew? Welcome to the Pew Pew News, the most trusted name in FUD life. Welcome to the inaugural episode 001. If you're out there in the uh, audio podcast world or maybe replay somewhere, remember you can always participate down in the comments below. We want to hear from you. So be sure to do that. As always, super big shout out and thanks to the uh, YouTube channel members, Patreon patrons, uh, the folks that shop over at clovertech.com, so forth and so on. And uh, yeah, going to go through this for those that are new to this format of this podcast. Uh, basically going to be breaking that, breaking, breaking down. Yeah, breaking down. That's a new word. We're breaking it down. Going to be breaking down into uh, three sections. Basically, uh, a community section, which can be uh, a wide variety of things. We may talk about other creators and their videos and whatever. We may talk about 2A, but it's not directly related to the industry. And I'm not going to give away the middle section, the palate cleanser, if you will, but that is going to be uh, a section that we uh, just have a little fun. Uh, and then we'll move on and finish uh, the podcast out every week, the Pew Pew News podcast with some industry news. We'll talk about uh, maybe new technologies or a new company on the scene or whatever it might be, right? Uh, matter of record, and I forgot to throw that out there for all of y'all listening, uh, but it is August the 23rd, 2021. And uh, speaking of that, getting real close to Labor Day, September 1st, that's our first topic. So let's jump right into the uh, very first section of the very first PPU News podcast, the Community Corner. Let's kick it off right now. All right, this week on Community Corner, I want to talk about here uh, an article that come out. We all know that the NRA annual meeting or NRAM uh, coming up, at least at this point in Houston uh, here, Labor Day weekend. Uh, that'll happen, what, the 3rd, 4th, 5th, I believe it is, uh, of September. Uh, this article found out about it from a good friend, Jeff Knox, over at the uh, Firearms Coalition, was kind of talking about potentially some leaks from the NRA executives over to uh, this. All, the best I can say is left-leaning website, the Daily Beast. Um, and I'm not going to read this article. Wherever you're uh, watching, listening, whatever, I'll link that down. In fact, it's already linked down in the description below. Go through it. Um, and, you know, I'm not a right-left guy. I'm not a Democrat, Republican guy. But if you're talking about uh, those that are maybe anti-2A, maybe they lean anti-gun or at least pro-gun control and that kind of stuff, this site certainly is filled with it. Uh, they come at things from a very hardened political uh, perspective. Uh, and as I talk about some of the elements of this article that was written, uh, don't let it get you too whipped up. And we're going to try to make uh, fun of it and be lighthearted because... Uh, there really is a lot of moronic statements that are made and a lot of, in my opinion, moronic ideas through this. But uh, yeah, uh, this was uh, thrown up, uh, published uh, August 20th. So just a couple of days ago, updated August 21st. Um, the authors, I guess, uh, we want to definitely give, whether they're right-leaning, left-leaning, whatever it is, give them their due. Uh, Jose uh, Paglieri, 
I'm saying it right, if I'm not, I apologize. Uh, and Asawin Subasang, let's say. Um, now, if you look at the titles, uh, Jose, I guess, Josie, Jose, whatever it is there, political investigations reporter. So it says political right there. And so take it, take it with a grain of salt because it's political. Uh, it's going to be agenda driven, no doubt. Uh, and Asawin <laughs> there, make all the fun you want at that name, but uh, the senior political reporter. So same thing, straight up political. Uh, and we can say cough, cough. This is the headline. Uh, it's so bad, even gun makers are ditching NRA's big party. Well, first of all, how out of touch are you and ignorant are you about the gun community, the firearm industry, uh, and the NRA in general to call NRAM a big party? Now, maybe there's some parties that happen after hours, but it's a trade show, essentially. It is not a big party. So get off your high horse there uh, and uh, and come down. Come down to the uh, NRAM uh, for uh, Jose and Aswin there. Hang out. Uh, and uh, I invite you, if it does go on, to uh, to look me up. I know they won't do that, uh, but uh, they can. Uh, the subheading on this says, with the cough, cough case numbers rising, and uh, you know, take that for what you will, right? So the number of gun manufacturers, this is funny, a number of gun manufacturers are pressuring the NRA to cancel its annual conference or saying they just won't come. Well, that's two totally different things. One is worse than the other. Um, make up your mind, right? Uh, and so that really sets, with the headline and the subtitle there, it really sets the tone uh, for this article. Again, not going to read the whole thing. It's linked below. Uh, but it says here, uh, despite a resurgence of cough, cough, uh, the NRA is moving ahead with its massive annual conference in Texas next month. Uh, the major And major gun manufacturers are having second thoughts uh, with some even asking NRA officials to call off the event entirely. This is where I was getting to the NRA and some of the executives supposedly. Now, word on the street is that these executives intentionally leaked um, some of that communique, communication with this website, knowing that with the political leaning of this website, what they would do with that information. Now, again, that's word on the street. There's no fact behind that. The NRA and Wayne LaPierre's, you know, $50,000 suits, stranger things obviously have happened. Um, I don't know why if they didn't want to cancel it, they could just, they would have not already canceled it. Uh, why they would wait until, you know, a week, two weeks out from this. Um, it says, according to text messages between high-ranking executives obtained by the Daily Beast, multiple gun makers are pulling out of the conference and quietly trying to pressure the NRA to cancel it. Well, I take umbrage with that. I take beef with that, unfortunately. Uh, and these reporters, the people that wrote this, again, I believe are morons, and I can have that opinion, simply because they say they're putting the spotlight on this and saying that these that these industry people are quietly trying to pressure the NRA. Well, really, if it's quietly, then why is it on a national website and why is people talking about it, right? I heard uh, TGC talking about the other day about some, why some, some companies possibly weren't going to attend and that sort of stuff. So let's talk about some of the companies and what they're saying. And there is a, a, a great, great nugget, tidbit, golden nugget in here. So wait for it. Uh, as we kind of parse through some of this, it says most of the large most of the largest American gun makers, 
most of the largest American gun makers. They don't even make any sense. Um, and we all know how big and broad and diverse the firearm industry is. Um, uh, have taken steps to drop out uh, from informing the NRA that they won't be attending uh, to canceling travel plans. So these companies include Benelli USA. Now these are the folks that, according to the Daily Beast, are not going. Um, Benelli USA, Browning, FN Herstel, Kimber, Savage, Smith & Wesson, Springfield Armory, 6R, and uh, Ruger. According to people with knowledge of internal communications at these companies, right? Um, so it goes on to talk about this. Uh, it talks about um, Vista Outdoors uh, in here uh, and how they're probably not going to go. Uh, 511 has confirmed blah, 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 blah. But it also talks about uh, that even though these companies say they're not doing it, they supposedly told the Daily Beast or they confirmed or didn't confirm, right, um, that they're still on the vendor list and still have floor space as of the time of this article, right? So which one is it, right? It sounds like much ado about nothing it sounds like somebody whipping up maybe concern like companies are concerned and they're taking that concern and whipping that up and making it into a big deal now one of the tidbits here that i wanted to throw into this uh is mossberg a manufacturer known for his shotguns you think uh is the lone company that confirmed to the daily beast now this is not the lone company that's going obviously but the company that uh, just confirmed to the Daily Beast. And first of all, slow clap for Mossberg. Uh, I love Mossberg. I'm checking out that 802 International Plinkster right now. Videos on the channel. Uh, jump over and check those out if you want to. Uh, been a longtime fan of the Mossberg 500 shotgun for sure. Uh, the Jerry Mikulik uh, version of the semi-auto. Just wonderful, wonderful stuff. In my opinion, they're a great company. And I think they're doing the right thing and a good thing here by standing up and saying, uh, they plan to attend, and that's what they confirmed with the Daily Beast, that it still plans to attend, it being Mossberg, uh, the convention in Houston, of course, on Labor Day weekend. Uh, so that's the only one this mentions. Now, interestingly enough, uh, there is a portion in this, and I've got to scroll down and find it because I don't want to tell you wrong, but... There's people throwing a fit, supposedly, and we all knew it was going to happen, about uh, the NRA convention. Moving forward, we've got to get to a place at a point, I think, in this country uh, to where we're doing things again. Um, this whole thing of every six months, every eight months, something new comes along and blah, 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 blah. That we cannot allow this to be the norm. It's just my opinion. We've got to move on with life. Now, can we take certain precautions and stuff like that? Well, absolutely. Uh, sure, we can do that. Uh, and I think that's probably what we need to do. Um, so we've got a spot here. I'm scrolling down to see if I can find it. But it was talking about uh, if they move forward. So these authors in this they kind of contradict themselves. I don't know their purpose here other than to maybe try to make the firearm industry look like a bunch of buffoons, or maybe this is simply just an attack on the NRA. We know that from the right and the left, the NRA's had a targets on its back, rightfully so. The NRA's painted that target there, I think, but the NRA's had a targets on its, on its back for some time. But says as proof, the NRA event could still move forward. A city official noted, 
And this is from a city official, according to uh, the authors. And, and again, this is Daily Daily Beast. Take it for what you will. Says that in the past week, Houston hosted the oil and gas industries annual offshore technology conference, as well as the National Association uh, Petroleum Engineers meeting, albeit with vastly fewer attendees. So in other words, the, the city of Houston is putting on these conventions and putting on these shows, but until we're talking about a fire-related event, and again, maybe politically motivated because that's what this site is about, strictly toward the NRA. But here's the thing. I want to get away from this article again. Check out that link. Read it if you want. I want to get away from this article just for a second um, to say, or maybe to close out, uh, just to say that this, the show for the vast majority of people that go to the NRA annual meeting is not about the NRA. It's about the industry. It's about supporting the industry. And it's about a lot of the smaller business. Forget those big name companies, right? The SIGs and the Smith & Wessons and the HKs. And the if they don't want to participate in industry-level events, if they think they're too big and too good for whatever reason to do it, then that's fine, right? And let me tell you this. If there's creators out there that feel the same way, they're too big or they're too good to make these industry events and have that one-on-one -on -one time with folks in the industry that they that can then come back like we do here on the CloverTech channel and report back to the viewers various things and insights and knowledge we have about said companies and new products and whatever it might be, then so be it. So be it, right? Here's a shovel. You dig that grave for your business or your channel or whatever. That's just my opinion uh, on the whole situation. But again, if you want to read uh, this moronic, it really is, uh, article, the link is down below. So jump over, check that out. And uh, yeah, be sure to jump down in the comments below uh, and let me know what you think. Uh, if you're out there listening live, well, I will get to your comments as soon as we're done recording the podcast. If you're in replay, remember that you can jump in as we record this live. And with that, let's move into something a little lighter hearted here. Uh, we're going to get into the uh, next segment of the podcast. Here we go. And we're back with the second segment of uh, the PPU News podcast. This one is Guns on Films. And uh, this is going to be a segment where we take some movies, we talk about um, a specific firearm in that movie, just kind of make you familiar with a few things. Uh, and tonight, we've got uh, a couple of, of movies here that I don't know how many of you, if any of you, are familiar with. Uh, but we've got the uh, 2009 movie Public Enemies. I had Public Enemies uh, starred uh, Johnny Depp, Christian Bale. I believe Channing Tatum was in there as well. Uh, basically an old school gangster flick, if you hadn't seen it. Uh, characters include uh, John Dillon, Babyface Nelson, Pretty Boy Floyd, uh, Herbert Hoover. Not a gangster, obviously. Herbert Hoover was FBI, but Herbert Hoover. Uh, and then... Pairing off with that, uh, another movie in which we see the same firearm we're going to focus on tonight is the 2019 flick, The Highwaymen. Uh, and in that one is, of course, Kevin Costner and, uh, and Woody Harrelson. And, and basically, that's kind of a 
Bonnie and Clyde chase movie. So interestingly enough, the firearm that both of these have in common, both of these movies, um, is not only the thing they have in common, because I think Bonnie and Clyde would kind of fall under that organized crime gangster uh, movie type thing. So uh, if you've seen either of these movies and you have thoughts, again, throw some comments out there. Uh, but if you want to make a guess right quick before we switch over to it as to what firearm we're talking about on here, well, you could do that too. But the uh, firearm we're going to talk about tonight, the guns in films, is going to be, there it is, on the screen. And uh, I don't know if just by seeing that picture, uh, obviously if you're in uh, audio out there, you're not able to see it. But that is the Winchester Model 1907. Uh, a very, very cool rifle. That's a blowback-operated semi-auto rifle um, made roughly from 1907. That's why it's a Model 1907, right? Uh, up until the 1950s or so. And somewhere, I'm guessing around, best reports I could find, somewhere around 60,000 of them were made. Now, what's interesting about this rifle that some of you may not uh, be aware of is it's, it only come factory chambered in one caliber, which a lot of folks have never heard of, which is the 351 Winchester. And uh, if you're not familiar with the three, why would you be familiar with the 351 Winchester, right? The... You can kind of view this rifle and maybe that cartridge as a beefed up 30 caliber carbine. I think a lot of people are familiar with a 30 caliber carbine. Um, and this was a beefed up uh, version of the 30 caliber carbine before we were ever graced with a 30 caliber carbine. Um, as far as the punch and the oomph that the 351 Winchester round has, uh, it is, you know, I'm going to say close to that 35. Uh, Winchester, a uh, 35 Remington, or the um, what am I thinking? The 3030, the 3030. Uh, available, you see that it is detachable box magazine, uh, available uh, mostly aftermarket, but uh, standard five round, uh, but also available 10, 15. Uh, and it did see action, this rifle did, uh, in both world wars, world war one and world war two. There, there, there was some uh, action seen uh, on several fronts, uh, used by several different nations with uh, the Winchester model 1907. So that's this week's uh, guns in films. So hopefully uh, you learned maybe a little something about uh, Winchester as some uh, obscure, a little less uh, lesser known, let's just say, uh, buyers from World War One and World War Two. Uh, with that, let's move on to our third and final segment of the podcast tonight uh and by the way if you are listening and we're live remember that after the credits we will remain live to discuss these topics and more for the remaining hour that we have uh here over on the youtube side as we record live but uh, let's get for our audio listeners out there let's get on to the third and final segment of the podcast In this segment, we are going to call Inside Industry. And so we start with the community. We have a little fun with guns on films. And then we talk a little bit about industry. Uh, and 
tonight I'm going to talk a little bit about a, an imported firearm. And I say imported, I haven't really made it in yet uh, from a company that we've worked really closely with here on the channel, uh, EAA. Uh, EAA, of course, brings in uh, Tangfolio, um, Wyrock, try to think of what's the other ones, Gerson, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, and several others. Now, uh, recently, we surpassed the 10,000 subscriber mark on YouTube, and thanks to everybody that made that happen. And so, reached out to EAA, and, and talking with that, it reminded me that they had something uh, that, uh, because of the cough-cough and all the turmoil around that, has not really made it out to shops and stores. It hasn't. They haven't really started shipping yet, but something that's really freaking awesome and needs to be on people's radar. Now, I did do uh, a... I think top five 1911s I wished I owned, and this made the list. Uh, and the reason it made the list is because it is a six-inch barrel, 10-millimeter uh, 1911. And this thing is just awesome. I mean, from the skeleton, the looks anyway. I mean, and who who could argue with a 10-millimeter 1911 anyway? Uh, but you've got... Several things on this. I mean, once they do uh, hit the store shelves and whatnot, you're going to be talking about uh, obviously chambered in 10 millimeter, six inch barrel, fully adjustable rear sight, which is nice. Um, it's got all the checkering uh, on the uh, the back strap and that extended beaver tail and the skeletonized hammer and trigger uh, with a really nice set of grips. And I'm thinking zombie green if I get my hands on one. But if you, um, put a really nice set of grips on that. Uh, I think it would be a very, very cool, uh, very, very cool handgun. I mean, good for uh, defensive measures at being in 10 millimeter, those that may be in Northern states and have to worry about bear and some of the bigger things uh, around here. Obviously in Texas, we got to worry a little bit about piggies, the wild piggies, not a whole lot, but uh, yeah, you got Andy safety. I mean, just really cool. Uh, obviously being a 1911, it's going to be single stack eight, plus one capacity that six inch barrel as i mentioned making the overall length uh 9.63 inches and unloaded weight i'm assuming it's going to be unloaded weight here at 3.2 pounds that's usually how they list it uh with msrp uh, and again this is these are not even on shelves yet this is just talking about something coming down a pike here but uh msrp they're say going to be about 6.99 and if most of the other stuff that I've seen from Gerson uh, coming in has has held true. By the way, this is called the Gerson MC 1911S Hunter. Uh, if most of the other stuff I've seen from Gerson, Gerson holds true, that MSRP probably going to be a little high. Uh, looking at the website, I mean, obviously they've got the uh, wild pig there. They got the bear. They got the big buck. Now I don't know anybody that deer hunts uh, with. Uh, with a 10 millimeter is certainly capable, especially the six inch barrel, I think of doing that. And if you're out there and you do uh, some hunting with a 10 millimeter, then let me know legit like game hunting. Let me know down in the comments below. Uh, but it talks further about the uh, adjustable rear sights, extended beaver tail and all that stuff. So wanted to put that on your radar. I haven't uh, really talked about it much since that top five video just simply because they haven't hit the store shelves yet. So uh, maybe hit EAA up with a 
uh, an email or on the social media. And if you're interested in this, do what I've done and ask them about it. Uh, because it is, uh, it is by, by everything I'm seeing here uh, and my experience that I've had so far in working with some of the Gerson handguns and shotguns, uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a well-built pretty decently performing handgun. So that is our uh, industry news for this segment. Again, if you are out there uh, and you're joining us live as we record, we're going to run the credits. We're going to close out the recording session. If you're listening in the audio podcast world, thank you for listening. Uh, and jump over on YouTube sometime on a Monday night, catch us live, and you'll get to chat a little bit live before and after the show. But again, if you're live, uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to run the credits and thank our YouTube channel members, our Patreon patrons, uh, and all of that jazz. We'll be right back, and then we can discuss live some of the stuff that we talked about on this first episode of the Pew Pew News Podcast, the most trusted name in FUD life. Mm-hmm. 